I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. We have left in about three weeks of suspense here. Mm. No one knows what happens next. Yeah. The listeners, they've been asking. The listeners have been asking. <laughs> um, the boys in, in the soccer team, they want to know. They want to know what where we've been. What happens to Kevin Rudd after he's axed? Mm. The untold story. No one knows. Well, I am wheeling baby son yeah right now yeah, i think there's there's two major life events i think we need to discuss <laughs> before we uh before we kick the episode off um, it's good to be back it, it is, is good, good to be back, back. yeah we've Sorry been away for the absence mm-hmm. such as life well cam tell us about your major life event. <laughs> i am willing my son he was born about a week and a half ago he's doing very well i did have a thought in the hospital and while well, I was holding him for the first time, quite emotional, like, yeah, yeah, yeah firstborn yeah. child. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Hitler's mum wow. would have had the same thought <laughs> holding back <laughs> Hitler. That's really true. Yeah. I'm just completely maybe, unaware maybe, of right? yeah. what we're yeah. <laughs> Safe to say, I think, I, I would like to think that the uh, path forward will be very different for this one. But yeah, he's yeah, doing I well, so. loud. If you hear him throughout the pod, give him some grace. Mm-hmm. He's a week and a half. He just, want, he just wants to contribute to the plot. Yeah, he does, he does. I've There's insights him. in his head. He just can't articulate them. <laughs> yeah, um, he's got some real thought-out <laughs> thoughts on Gonski 2.0. <laughs> he gives a Gonski. <laughs> yeah, I've only just met met him, but mm. I, I can vouch for him. Good bloke. Yeah. They, they only let us out of hospital a couple of days ago. He was quite jaundicey. Yep. Which basically means... It's when I you, had that. You had that. Yeah. So did I, actually. Mm. When your liver can't process your toxins, and so he turned mm. really yellow. It was pretty much a... Lego man for a good couple of days there. Oh wow! But yeah. is that a norm? Like, is that reasonably common for babies? Or? Reasonably common. Like he had it more than what's usual. Like it's yeah. m- most babies that get jaundice, um, but they kept him in the nursery for about a day under UV light with like, you know, like the solarium oh. tanning machines. How they put yeah. that? It's pretty much just one of those. <laughs> so I'm young. <laughs> Do you remember how to say yellow in French? 
Jean. Yes. Yeah, that's I, 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 like multiple people. I was like, fun fact. Yeah. <laughs> you know, where did they get the name Jaundice from? <laughs> from the French word for yellow. Now, the second major life event. Mm. Equally as equally, yeah, <laughs> equally as, as significant. Yes. Um, what happened, Jake? What happened last Sunday? Uh, we won a grand final. We did, didn't we? Football. The um, the the Marty All Age All Age Five yep. champions. Um, broke my arm. Yeah, yeah, big day. Pi bleeds. He bleeds blue. Yeah. Um, what's good news for the pod because. We often yeah, record um, pretty close to when PY has cricket training as well, so... Yeah, good point. Yeah, yeah. the more PY, just even, the better. I've just got a lot of free time now that I don't have to play sport. But mm. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, you know, shout out to the boys. A lot of uh, a lot of the boys on the team love the pod. I hear a lot of good things, so... I, I, sh- um, yeah, I should add, them. so PY and Ben are on the same team. I play in the same comp for a different team that we both play for the same club. We have mm. kind of two subdivisions. Yeah. We, when we played against them... There was a lot of Mr. Mitchell history heckling, mm. <laughs> but I feel it would, we, we wouldn't do ourselves justice if we didn't at least give, let's just do a goal by goal, very quick, oh, 30 wow. seconds. Who scored first in the grand final? We uh, did. We've gone up by two. Gone up by two. Yeah. Who scored after that? Uh, they scored two penalties within the space of five minutes. So we're 2-2. Two, 2-2. Two. Two, two. Mm-hmm. Full-time whistle blows. Full-time. Yeah. Yeah. The game becomes a at two two. The game became a bit of like every there was very stop start, just kicking each other. A lot of mm. fouls. Pelai broke his arm. Yes, oh, that was yeah. that would come. That was, like, <laughs> that was to come. <laughs> so in extra time, if your team if you draw in our comp, there's no penalty no shootout. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you remain level after extra time, the team that finished higher on the table wins, which was the other team. So Correct. you have to win in extra time. Yeah. Mm. Who scores first in extra time? They do, Cam. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. So effectively, you've got to score two goals Mm -hmm. in next to no time. Yep. Yes. Yes. And uh, not mistaken. We get a penalty, though. You get a penalty. Yep. What happens? And the goalkeeper saves the penalty. Mm, tough. tough. <laughs> so uh, the plot thickens. It's corner. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at this guy. I'm locked. I'm focused. I'm P. taking the corner. Mm. All right. We can score. I actually missed a penalty last year and scored off the corner that I missed it. So I was. I feel like I've been here before, mm. you know. And we've got a guy on our team who plays AFL and he can just jump higher than everyone else. And he headed it in off my corner, and mm. it, was, it was a good moment. It was like we're, at, we're on <laughs> anyone's game. game. Do they do jump training in AFL? Or is it just part and part? Like, oh, it's I, I'd say partly like that. It, it, also, I think he was uh, just genetics. And, he was just it, already it, an athlete. It, it, it attracts yeah. high jumpers as well. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. so ruffled out. He, case he could point. dunk when mm. he was like fourteen. It was yeah, yeah. And then we get another penalty. Mm. And then wait, 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 <laughs> how would you get the penalty? First of all. Uh, this was off another corner as well. I put mm. in, and we get the shot away, but not not enough power. Cleared off the line, kind of dribbles out to our very own Ben mm-hmm. on the wing, and he's dribbling, he's dribbling. Kind of gets a little bit in front of the player and gets knocked over. Mm-hmm. Whistle penalty. Mm. Was it a pen? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, like it's a free kick. I, I think I've box. yeah. I think I have touched the ball. Like and got it away from him, and then he's bundled me over. I think it's soft, but I think such is life. Yeah, it happens. Could have gone either way. Um, went ours, and then our boy completes his hat trick, and we score the penalty. Get it done. And then 
after that, so you're up 4-3. Okay. <laughs> Desperate game. Mm, PY tries <laughs> Can we put on Patreon PY breaking his wrist because it is caught <laughs> on footage? Yeah, we can. We can, we can put it on Patreon. Yeah, little well, highlight reel. It looks pretty well. good. It's, you, you look pretty athletic the way you break it. Thank like, you. That's yeah. what my physio said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did a little bit of been, footage review. Yeah, I've been <laughs> going to physio for another injury mm. and she was like, I can't believe you were running that quick with your current injury already. Oh. Athlete, stop yeah. it! Yeah, he just suffers for the cause. <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah. a great day, a great day. Yeah, a lot of fun. Um, and I like how he spent nearly five minutes talking about the grand final. A good one or two minutes, maybe discussing <laughs> your baby. I mean, <laughs> he can't do any tricks yet. <laughs> so we do need to finish our two-part series. Mm. Like I said. No one knows what happens. No. We're going to uncover the story for the first time 10 years later today. Julia Gillard mm. versus Kevin Rudd. Now, what, what are your memories rivalry? of Julia Gillard, first of all? I think I remember the day that she took over. Um, what year was that? 2010. Yeah, I remember walking out the the Barney Bay school gates. Um, and I think someone had told me for, what, for some reason felt that, that I just needed to know that information. You know? Oh, right. <laughs> Prime Minister. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Big news. As you walked past the Kevin 07. Oh no, you walked, walked the other way home, didn't you? Yeah, no, but, I would have gone straight across the road. So didn't walk past the little Kevin 07. Yeah. On Cause the, that was on the way to my place. Yes. Um, Look at you. But yeah, you know, sort of like touch the sign going out of solidarity, going <laughs> touch the, the Kevo yeah. Sev. I remember Julie Gillard in the background of the, the sorry speech with the Bob, the Bob cut <laughs> and uh, tripping over in India. That was, yeah, yeah that's my, Classic. I mean, if you had, what's my main memory of Julie Gillard? It's her falling over. I also, I, I remember the day of the 2010 election, I was at my brother's soccer grand final, mm. coming full circle here, and I remember my dad just kind of sitting there telling me about his workmate who voted for Julia Gillard because she was a woman, and my dad was just outraged that someone <laughs> would be voted for on the basis of their gender, and that, for me, is my second main memory, is dad mm. just like, who cares what gender she is? Vote for them on the policy, not the... And he, like, really got into a tirade like that. <laughs> we just watched the grand final here. <laughs> but who puts election day on yeah. soccer grand final grand day final as well? That's, yeah, that's yeah. silly. But alas. Mm. Yeah. Julie Gillard, knife Kevin Rudd, basically on the basis that they, like, the kind of official rationale was on the basis that Labor was on path to lose the 2010 election if Kevin Rudd was still at the helm. And Julia Gillard in her speech, her kind of maiden speech as prime minister, hugely historic moment, first female prime minister, probably not in the circumstances that you probably want Mm. in the sense of it opens up a lot of criticism. So she basically says the government has been off track. We're going to get the government back on track, which is interesting because that's probably like, it's not great campaigning. In the sense of if you're going into an election, hey, the de- person that I was a deputy for and our party for the last three years was going off track. Mm. Probably not a strong selling point. Yeah. You'd probably want to be a little bit more congratulatory about Kevin Rudd's achievements. I don't know. That's just my, I, I would be yeah. like, if I'm, yeah. if I've just knifed a guy, but I'm still running for the same party, I'd be going, this person did this phenomenally, this phenomenally, this phenomenally, but they've lost the dressing room. Mm. <laughs> so mm. the elections in August of 20. 20- 
August 2010. Do you remember what happened in that election? Of 2010? Yeah. I don't remember. No. It's quite a historic election because it was a hung parliament. Hmm. So basically it was quite interesting. In the build up to the election, Kevin Rudd kept leaking to the media and he basically leaked to Laurie Oaks. And I can just put a pause on the actual ones. Laurie Oaks. What a what is the outstanding bit of sounds, Australiana? Sounds like the name of a like a retirement home. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I was thinking as well. Like a yeah, a resort in the yeah. woods kind of thing. It will be a very sad day when that man retires. He's just such a like he's I reckon he's on like Burnt Newton levels of Australian like Australian furniture. Um. Anyway. Kevin Rudd leaks to Laurie Oaks. You know who he is, Ben? No, I don't. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> oh, wait, 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 okay, okay. I, was, I, was a bit emba- I felt a bit embarrassed. Yeah. I wasn't sure. Uh, 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 you will know exactly. I'm going to get a photo up. You'll okay, know exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Everyone, look up, look everyone up. play along at home and also get a photo of Laurie Oaks. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I feel like I've seen him around. Yeah. Well, maybe Blue maybe he's not that Newton levels then. Maybe, yeah. Maybe we're just a little too late, a little too young. Yeah, he <laughs> was it was quite big in like the sixty minutes era. I don't mm. know if your family were ever sixty minutes nah, people. Not really. Okay. Well, more our seven thirty report. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <high> society. <laughs> <laughs> now, Laurie Oaks. Uh, so Kevin Rudd leaked to Laurie Oaks, and basically Rudd more or less revealed the dirty laundry on Julia Gillard from when she was in his cabinet, and he went to Laurie Oaks when Rudd was the prime minister. They passed a whole bunch of parental leave benefits and he revealed that in the cabinet meetings that Julia Gillard actually opposed those benefits and then the kind of media circus was because Julia Gillard was unmarried and didn't have children the media circus was that she didn't understand the struggles of being a parent Hmm. and that 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 hit her pretty hard and Kevin Rudd just kind of kept leaking to the media day after day giving like yeah you want some dirt on Julia take this one take this one take this one (laughs) <laughs> we were speaking off air about the documentary or the three-part series called The Killing Season, yeah. which is basically ABC's chronicle of Rudd versus Gillard. And Rudd pretty much admits to being the leaker. So they kind of ask him point blank <laughs> and he goes, well, well, it's entirely possible that I did that. But one cannot <laughs> expect that after being cooed that there would be no consequences. <laughs> and so <laughs> he loves to speak in prose. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so effectively, Gillard's got to find a way to stop Kevin Rudd from, from leaking. And so she does something quite strange. Initially, she goes to Kevin Rudd and just says, you should resign from Parliament altogether. Rudd's like, no way. Um I'm coming back and I'm going to take you down. Yeah. And so Gillard offers him a ministry position to stop him from leaking. And they kind of had this unspoken deal where if Kevin Rudd becomes the foreign minister, he will stop leaking to the media. And as soon as Kevin Rudd was announced as, you know, the, if Labor were re-elected, he'll be the foreign minister, mm. the leaks stopped. Mm. Okay. So going into the 2010 election is quite interesting. So the votes kind of went like this. 72 seats to Labor, 72 seats to Liberal. There's 151 seats in Parliament. Hmm. So you need 76 to form government in your own right. Yep. So that there's a whole bunch of... So there's Greens, there's a group called the WA Nationals, there's Bob Catter, and there's some independents. And basically, it's a scramble between Tony Abbott and Julia Gillard to try and get those independents on side. 
The Greens. Who would the Greens go for? Labour. They do go for Labour. And it's interesting. The Greens conventionally have more power in the Senate than they do in the lower house. But Adam Bant, who's the current Greens leader, he was the Greens member that got a lower house seat. And so Gillard strikes up a deal with Adam Bant, where basically Bant and the Senate leader, Bob Brown, get to have weekly meetings with Julia Gillard. And weekly, weekly coffee catch-ups. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think it was about a half hour a week they got with Julia Gillard, mm, nice. which as a prime minister, that's um, that's quite a good deal mm. for someone who has one seat in the lower house to be able to take half an hour of the prime minister's time every week. Time, yeah. What policy do you reckon the Greens pushed for that Gillard was famously known for? The carbon tax. The carbon tax. If Gillard doesn't have to reach out to the Greens, there is no carbon tax. Do you remember what her election promise was that got replayed over and over again? There will be no carbon tax. Mm. And so Jules. the Greens effectively will come on to see killed Gillard in one term. But that only gets you to 73. That doesn't get you the majority that's needed to then go on and, and take government. There's another guy called Andrew Wilkie, ex-Greens guy that went independent. He put his support behind Gillard. So Gillard's up 74-72. The WA Nationals go for Abbott because, you know, then... Why not? Yeah, notionally <laughs> national, like Liberal National Party, mm. which then leaves three. Bob Catter. Big man. Yeah, big man. He was an ex-Nationals guy, so he goes Liberals. Mm-hmm. So we're 74-74. Wow, what a thriller. I know, exactly. <laughs> like, this is just like, what amazing... Like, yeah. top off grand final weekend. Maybe it was right after all. Such drama. I remember going to bed that night being like, wow. How did you sleep? This is, <laughs> I was in year seven at the time with like, and I, I got right into that election. So like we had Sky News pumping all the time. Like I was, I was Abbott through and through just like, <laughs> man, lab, all Labor does is spend, 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 <laughs> put the budget, put the budget back into surplus. <laughs> I bought it to like the July. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I was, I was, I was right into it. Mm. Um, when Tony Abbott went to give his address and the crowd's going, Tony, Tony, Tony. I, yeah, I was lapping it up. And I, re- I have a distinct memory of a couple of days afterwards, my mate Josh, different Josh to the Josh we normally refer to. Mm. Okay. He made a Facebook status saying, this is where we were in your seven at the time. Damn, Julia Gillard won. And it was the like tongue out emoji. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So the what happened of, in between? Sort of political discourse we've got going on. <laughs> yeah. <amongst you. laughs> so Rob Oakeshott and Tony Winsard, they both went for Julia Gillard. Yeah. Now. So what's that? 76? Yeah, 76. I imagine you gave that status a like. I did give that status yeah. a big mm-hmm. like. I think I yeah, commented like, I know, man. Uh, <laughs> um, I KO. <laughs> <laughs> and so actually, I, a parliament's either 150 or 150. I always forget if it's 150, 151. Point being 76, regardless, mm-hmm. 76 is what you need for a majority. And so Julia Gillard got labor over the line by making those deals. Now, there's an argument to be made that Abbott would rather not make those deals and he would happily be in opposition for another three years. The reason why is because the Liberal Party was well aware that if Gillard kind of had to bow down to the Greens, that they would hit her for six in the next election. And so there's an argument to be made that Abbott almost happily lost those negotiations, lost the battle to win the war, in a Mm. sense that he was looking down the barrel of 2013 and realising that if the Greens can hold Julia Gillard to ransom, he'll just smash them in the next election. 
what goes and happens. Sure enough, year seven me kind of backed the right horse all along. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, Julie Gillard comes into office with what we call a minority government. So she, the Labor Party does not have a majority in their own right and they need the Greens and the Independents to get legislation through. And at any point, if they're annoyed, they can flip to the Liberal Party and the Liberals can form government. Pretty power. Yeah, yeah, pretty precarious situation. And it's in those situations where those minor parties have a ton of power. Mm. In the lower house, nine times out of ten, the minor parties are irrelevant. The swing vote in Survivor. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> those, yeah. Well, not in the alliance. Yeah. <laughs> but not on the chopping block. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so... Basically, I don't know if you know much about There's a position in Parliament called the Speaker. Mm. And you hear like, Mr. Speaker, Mr. Madam Speaker. Speaker. Yeah. Their job is just to maintain, you know, that guy in Star Wars, it's like, order. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty much their entire job yep. is just to, they're the debate adjudicator, more mm-hmm. or less. Yep. Now, if they're going to referee fairly, someone from Parliament has to be the Speaker. The Speaker's not some external person they put in. It's a, it's a elected member of Parliament. Oh, but it would seem rather unfair for have for one party to have the speaker. Yeah. If the speaker's adjudicating debates and giving people red cards and that sort of stuff. Mm. So the speaker has to rescind their vote. They're not oh, allowed to oh. vote on legislation. They have to abstain from voting in order to be neutral. Yeah. So if a Labor person and typically the majority party puts forward a speaker. Harry Jenkins, who was Rudd's speaker, if they keep him as the speaker, they go back down to 75. Mm. And their numbers are much weaker in the lower house. Julia Gillard comes up with a plan. Oh. Reach out to the Liberal Party, find, again, Survivor Alliance, find the person that's in the out of the alliance, yeah. mm. bring them across with the candy. And she basically goes to a guy, I don't know if you've heard of him before, his name's Peter Slipper. She goes to Peter Slipper, Liberal Party member, and says, hey, I know they haven't treated you well, have they? Why don't you come on over? You you deserve better. (laughs) James Slipper. The rugby player. Uh, Yeah, yeah, my union knowledge is, if it's not James (laughs) O'Connor or Clay Cooper or Matt Rogers pre-coming back to rugby league or pre-going on Survivor. True. And so Peter Slipper becomes Mr. Speaker. Hmm. Harry Jenkins, so Harry Jenkins has to resign for that to happen. Harry Jenkins says, yeah, the reason why I'm resigning is I want to actually be a politician, involve myself in debate, all that sort of stuff. Later when he resigned, he said, yeah, I was forced out of my job. Mm. And that was so that Peter Slipper could come through and they could gain an extra vote. How do you think the Liberal Party reacted to Peter Slipper? He's he's dogged the boys, hasn't he? Like he's gone... be a bit of a traitor crucify him yeah. <laughs> they pretty much yeah they call like they called him the rat yeah judas <laughs> <laughs> and so peter slipper uh comes in chairing de- like when he's trying to just chair the debate the liberal party's just not listening to him at all uh. so he's like hey guys 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 <laughs> like oh stuff you mm. um so it's not looking good for peter slipper it gets worse as one of his staffers makes an allegation of sexual harassment oh, okay. against him. Mm. So he's I've just seen this movie before. <laughs> <laughs> so his name's James Ashby, and basically he alleged that um, Peter Slipper sexually harassed him when he, Peter Slipper was a member for Parliament and when he was the Speaker of the House. Mm. In order to investigate that, 
they need access to Peter Slipper's phone. And when they go through Peter Slipper's phone, the sexual harassment allegations aren't, weren't, the evidence wasn't too strong for that. What there was a lot of was misogynistic texts where like, yeah, basically he speaks about women in really disparagingly white, really disparaging ways. Mm-hmm. That's the pretext for Julie Gillard's most famous moment. You know what I'm referring to here? I will not be lectured about misogyny <laughs> by this man. I will not. <laughs> so Tony Abbott basically gets up and he's like, how could the Labor Party have this guy as the Speaker of the House? It says a lot about Julie Gillard's character that she's okay with this level of misogyny. I will not say out loud what the what the texts involve, but it says a lot about her nature that she would allow this to happen. Hmm. And then when Abbott sits down, Gillard gets up and she gives her, I will not be lectured. And there's been some good remixes of that. The thing that, yeah, because the thing that really I find strange, somehow BuzzFeed has convinced Gen Y that that is Julie Gillard's key legacy. The one and only thing that Julie Gillard did was that speech. Like, I feel like I never understood the context of it until now. I just... It just sounded, or it was positioned <laughs> in a way that it was just her, just you know, fighting for women, just just, <laughs> just for the love of it, yeah. you know. Like. <laughs> Breaks out into an impassioned speech off the cuff, yeah. And like, don't get me wrong, that it was a like very well executed speech, hmm. and she like, yeah, she, she totally hit Abbott for six, and she had to speak relatively off the cuff, but she probably knew where Abbott was going, and so she went in with like a couple of like dot points, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm assuming. Probably, yeah, um, workshopped some some phrases. Yeah, it's not a but, quite, you know, primary school impromptu speech type thing. Yeah. yeah. Just had a bit of time. But I think she, I can name 10 other things that she did that were far more important than that speech. Hmm. And again, because Gillard's just been reduced to a feminist icon, which I actually think Julia Gillard herself would reject, um, in her resignation speech, she says, the fact that I was the first female prime minister explains some of my prime minister but it certainly doesn't explain all of it um i actually don't think julia gillard would appreciate just being reduced to being a feminist icon because her mm-hmm. government actually passed some really significant reforms even though they were very tightly hamstrung mm-hmm. so there's that whole debacle when when that goes off but we'll kind of fast forward and we'll look at some policy kevin rudd we casting our mind back to three weeks ago Mm. He had one last policy that sunk him that really annoyed America. Something to do with China? Oh, not that one. Yeah, that is true. Okay. It was the mining tax. Okay. Mm. So basically, Kevin Rudd announces this 40% profits, super profits tax on companies that make over $50 million profit a year. Oh, uh, yeah. And again, given that Rio Tinto and BHP Billiton are primarily foreign owned, that really annoyed the foreigners. So Gillard comes in and she's like, we, we have, we clearly have to tax the mining boom because like this is, this will not last forever in the sense of China's just woken up and they've got such a huge demand for our resources. We're in a boom right now. It's not going to last forever. We need to make sure that our government is making revenue off of our resources while we can, but we can't do what Kevin Rudd did because Kevin Rudd effectively got knifed for doing that. Hmm. So she basically waters down Kevin Rudd's mining tax 
And so rather than it being a 40% tax, it becomes a 30% tax rather than it being on companies that make over $50 million of profit a year. It's on those that make over $75 million a year, which actually exempted 320 companies from the tax. So she's moved the goalposts to make it much more favorable to the mining community Community. <laughs> I love that we can attach community to anything. <laughs> so the mining lobby, they they kind of pumped money into smear campaigns against Kevin Rudd. They accepted this deal because they knew they were going to get taxed at some point, but they wanted to have it taxed on the most favourable terms possible. And so it was a pretty sweet deal for them. The other big tax was the carbon tax. Mm-hmm. Do you have any memory of like, I feel like that's probably my main memory of like Gillard and policy. Yeah. Was yeah. the car, was like. That was all they ever talked about. My dad was, was just outraged that yeah. she backflipped on it. And I inherited that outrage and was, yeah, I bought, I was like, yeah, Julia. She said there wouldn't be a carbon <laughs> tax. Yeah, there is a carbon tax. You can't trust these politicians, can yeah, you? Seriously. Yeah. Like I honestly could not name another, like, oh. Prior to just now, could not name another Julia Gillard policy. <laughs> oh, that was Gonski. That was state, wasn't it? Uh, no, federal, yeah. Oh, federal oh, really? and state together. Mm. Was that during Julia Gillard's yeah. tenure? The Gonski, Gonski 2.0 was Turnbull. Gonski yeah, 1.0. I was going to say, that's the one I really remember. Was, Gonski 2.0. Was, was, was Julia. Um, and it was, yeah, Marvel and DC combined <laughs> for some amazing cinematic universe. Yeah. We'll come on to Gonski there. So, what, do you remember Rudd's... Proposal to combat climate change. Yeah, we d- we talked about it before. It was oh, oh, it was the the energy the trading scheme. Yeah, the emissions trading scheme. Yeah, yeah. And so basically, the the premise behind this was putting a price on carbon by allocating carbon permits to companies. If you needed to go over those permits, you buy permits from other companies who have them in excess. Mm. So trying to create a free market for carbon. The Greens didn't like that, and that was literally the reason why. It, the, the, the thing that sunk Turnbull was that Turnbull supported the ETS when Turnbull was opposition leader the first time. So Abbott comes in, he opposes the ETS, he teams up with the Greens because the Greens don't view it as having gone far enough and they strike down the ETS in the Senate. The Greens, now they've gotten, Rudd's gone now, now they have the power because Labor's in minority government, they go to Gillard and they're like, hey, rather than making it a free market-based thing, make it a tax mm. and put a tax on, on carbon. So, for every ton of CO two that a that a major company emitted, they had to pay twenty three dollars in tax. They put a lot of tons. It's like yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that adds up. Yeah, it only applied to facilities that put over twenty five thousand tons of CO two in a in a year. Yeah. So twenty five thousand times twenty three, whatever that equals, it's a reasonable amount of tax that companies mm. would have to pay in a year, but certainly not huge by any means. And that was political suicide. Gillard's big mistake was basically her staffers were urging her to say that it wasn't a tax. Reframe it as something else. Reframe it as an incentive. Reframe it as anything because companies don't have to pay that if they reduce their carbon output. So don't say it's a tax, say it's an incentive. And they're trying to like get her to mm. reframe it. Gillard... Not as noble as this was, it was probably stupid. She went on TV and said, yeah, I'm happy to say it's a tax. This is this is a carbon tax. And then so, of course, Tony Abbott just gets his kaboom out mm. and just is like... <laughs> Great equals kaboom. <laughs> <laughs> Straight to Calcorda. Six 
And Abbott's like, yeah, well, you're a liar. You said there wouldn't be a carbon tax. And now there is. You lied. Mm-hmm. Well, you can't come back. Like, Gillard's like, well, circumstances have changed. Yeah. We've got to work constructively Not with all. minority government. Oh, what's out of here? Excuses. Excuses. <laughs> and Abbott just has a field day. Um, have you heard of Ditch the Witch? No. Because that's in, that's in her misogyny speech as well. So there's... So basically there was this huge rally outside Parliament House, which Tony Abbott spoke at, where it was people protesting against the, the carbon tax. And the big thing that was going around was like ditch the witch. And there was another sign that was pretty common, where, which was so Bob Brown, Greens leader in the Senate. Just kind of figure out the rhyming scheme here. Ditch the witch, Bob Brown's female dog. Uh, yeah. 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 Checks out. And so Abbott speaks of that right now. Abbott doesn't say those things himself, hmm. but there's literally a sign right behind him yeah. that says, yeah, some, some, some yeah, pretty horrendous things. And so there's like, there's that whole controversy as well. That's also pretext for the misogyny speech. And Gillard references that in her misogyny speech as well. But basically Abbott is like loving it. He's, Again, probably one of the best opposition leaders I can remember in terms of just relentless, no, 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 called him Noni Abbott, um, (laughs) was an absolute beast of an opposition leader. It got worse for them. So am I right in saying when you had a debate with this unnamed friend at a Sharks game or whatever, it was a footy footy match (laughs) where he was like, all Labor does is spend, spend, spend. Yeah. Yeah. Late high school. Um, (laughs) Labor, very. I think this was a huge mistake. Labor played into the whole surplus thing. Now I said it on the pod before. I think the surplus is a misnomer. You got to spend money to make money sometimes, mm-hmm. and if you just return a budget surplus every year, that could be an indicator that you're not actually spending enough in needed areas to generate future revenue. And so, the, like during the GFC, of course, we had to go into budget deficit. Otherwise, our economy came to a grinding halt and everyone lost their jobs. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was perfectly fine for Labor to be a deficit. However, Tony Abbott, again, knows that most people think, uh, well, debt is bad yeah. and savings are good. <laughs> <laughs> we want savings, not debt. And so basically Tony Abbott said, we're going to get the budget back in surplus. We're going to get the budget back in surplus. We're going to get the budget back in surplus. Labor spends, spends, spends. And Wayne Swan, who was retained his position as treasurer Mm. I think quite stupidly said we're going to get the budget back into surplus we promise we promise you that we'll put it into surplus promise yeah (laughs) for the 12-13 budget yeah silly Mm. silly because that's not I don't Wayne Swan obviously he knows economics far better than me but obviously Wayne Swan's well aware that the surplus is not in isolation, it's not a good measurement of economic performance. Yeah. And he's kind of basically more or less it's like... He's playing into Tony's hands. Yes. And it's like, um, I don't know, going to, I don't know, let's just say David Warner is under fire for his performance in the Australian test team. Yeah. David Warner basically comes out and says, yeah, I'm, I'm going to make sure I get five runouts the next game. That'll save me. It's like, it's not really that relevant to your performance. Like, I guess it's cool if you get a run out. That's great. Mm. But it's very, like, the much bigger metric is are you making runs with the bat? Yeah. And so Labor fails to deliver the surplus because the conditions were just impossible to do it. 
you're still reeling from the JFC. And so stupidly Wayne Swan promises that and rather than put the budget back into surplus, they put it into deficit. So they promise $1.3 billion in surplus and it goes into deficit. The election's pretty much gone at that point. Mm. At that point, it's very clear that Tony Abbott is going to demolish Julia Gillard in the 2013 election. So Julia Gillard's like, okay, well, if we're going to lose and the whole budget surplus thing didn't work, let's just pump money into stuff right now that will take the libs years to undo and reforms and let's just rush through a whole bunch of reforms right now because we're going to go anyway. And so, like, kind of like Ben Stokes when he's batting with the tail end, just like, well, they're going to get out anyway. Yeah. Let's just start, like, yeah. reverse sweeping pack comments. <laughs> <laughs> she passes two pretty significant reforms. First one, the NDIS. Really? That was a Gillard? Nintendo it was a Gillard. DS. Yes. yes. <laughs> so? <laughs> Did you say Nintendo DS? <laughs> I told you how I sat on my Nintendo DS and I broke it. No. <laughs> so we were literally, we were watching Wild Hogs as a family. Oh. It, was, it was pretty... <laughs> I was pretty non-committal about watching it. I was like, oh, this doesn't look that good. I'm just going to play yeah, DS. Once you start watching it. <laughs> it was great. I was loving it. So I put my DS down, not closed, like face up. Yeah. And I've yeah, gone to get some water and I've been so engrossed with wild hogs that I've sat back down right on my DS and the latch has snapped completely. Did it you realise straight away? Or yeah, like, I Oh, no. Yeah, it was, it was rough. Oh, uh. Say, so, you really are poking at a sore Great spot. <laughs> did you also? Did you ever get the um, illegal microchip that someone's dad just always had a means of obtaining this microchip with like fifty games on it? Yeah, no, I never I had it myself, not. but I do remember seeing it around uh, at school. I had it. Wow, because you could. It wasn't just that pay? you could you could download like illegally. I have yeah. since. Um, I just want to add, I, I, I stand against piracy. <laughs> you wouldn't I was, car. I, I was so, 10. So brave, Cam. Uh, Do- Dolly Incapax does protect me here. <laughs> I was 10. And yeah, literally you could just like torrent whatever, Yarn Pirate Bay, torrent whatever game you wanted to get. And then okay. you literally dragged it across into that microchip that kind of functioned as a USB, plug it into your DS yeah. and off you go. Yeah. Unreal. Yeah. Uh, like. Yeah. Great. My mind even, was broken when I... Even NRL mascot mania. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was past my time. Very no, unfortunately, yeah. You would love it. Yeah. I was a bit of a... I was a drawn to life guy. Okay. Oh, wow, yeah, yeah. yeah. I do remember that one. Yeah. Mm. I loved it. Uh, like a... Brain top, training. Top spin tennis. <laughs> <was> one. <laughs> going on the tennis tour. <laughs> yeah. Bring it back. I reckon when this person comes of age, rather than Xbox or PlayStation, I reckon going to go Switch. Yeah, good. it's good. Wow. Like the, okay. the handheld gaming experience. Yeah, a little less addictive as well than compared to a console game, I reckon, as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. But yeah, yes. The new- your prerogative. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows what sort of gaming yeah. devices we'll have by the time. True. By the time the wee lad turns 18 or 12, actually. <laughs> I don't know why you have to wait till 18. <laughs> The Nintendo DS game. <laughs> Basically, this was originally proposed under Gough Whitlam. Classic. Like pretty much mm. any major policy has its roots in Gough Whitlam that's kind of changed the nation. Gough Whitlam was passing Medicare and he was told to 
put that put the NDIS on the back burner for Medicare. Doesn't really get picked up again until Kevin Rudd. And so Kevin Rudd basically ordered the Productivity Commission to look into it. And the finding was that the cost of disability was not as was not a social cost, it was an economic cost. In the sense of the amount of people having to take carers leave, the amount of people having to put themselves out of work to care for children or relatives that have disabilities that significantly impact their functioning in day-to-day life, that is actually a bigger economic cost than having a federally provided service of carers. And we can really create a booming disability caring industry that are specialists. And at the same time, we can allow parents of children with severe disability to be able to work. And so we kind of get the best, best of both worlds from a productivity point of view if we have federally funded support for a national disability insurance scheme. And so that was what the Productivity Commission found. Now, Kevin Rudd was knifed before he could really do anything about it. But Julia Gillard, when she knew she was going, she picked it up and kind of, with the help of Bill Shorten, ran it through Parliament as quick as possible. So basically, they promised a $1.3 billion surplus. When they knew they weren't going to get that, they're like, ah, whatever, let's just spend, spend, spend. Mm. They put $14.3 billion towards the NDIS. So... Mm a lot yeah <laughs> 13 times what you promised in profit effectively yeah. something to that effect mm. maybe 12 and effectively what that meant was that the federal government would provide full support for anyone who had permanent or significant disability and obviously you, you had to kind of prove that to the government but then the government could basically fund whatever care you needed for and so it was huge like that it's weird to think that we live for so long without an NDIS <laughs> mm. effectively. And so that was one of the huge ones that Gillard pushed through. The other big one was Gonski. Oh. So <laughs> PY was right to point out that it was a state government initiative. Basically, the federal government went to the states and said, hey, let's team up to provide better funding. We'll foot most of the bill, but you need to put foot some of the bill because education is a state matter as well. But it's in the interest of the nation to have a good education scheme. Now, private school. Yes. So (laughs) (laughs) I think this might be a little less relevant. Mm. Public school. Yes. What school laptop did you have, Pete? (laughs) Mate, I, I was part of the BYOD. Oh, wow. Yeah, we didn't get, we didn't get laptops either. We had to bring them in. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So the, the school didn't foot the bill for my laptop. No, uh, no think pads for us. <laughs> yeah, okay. Because we were given crappy little Lenovo's yeah. and again, just flooded with illegally downloaded <laughs> games. <laughs> I grinded Cricket 07 on that one hard. Lego Star Wars, a complete saga. And some, some good ones. And I remember like my report comment would frequently say that Cameron's distracted by his laptop. Pretty standard <laughs> comment for most year yeah. nine boys, I would say. Yeah. And so my, I remember my mum, so year nine and 10, year 10, that was when Gonski was starting to get introduced and like, you know, more school laptops, everyone having laptops. That's kind of separate to Gonski in the sense of Gonski just promised more funding, not necessarily the guarantee of devices. And I remember my mum being like, oh man, this Gonski thing is ruining your education. You're just so distracted with your laptop. (laughs) Why are they giving 16 year old boys laptops? And my mum really put the blame on Gillard (laughs) for my lazy choices. 
in year nine and ten. Not many public schools could have got away with uh, asking their parents to buy their kids laptops, eh? Yeah. yeah. So, mm. and again, Gonski was was designed to help provide for yeah. BYOD as well. Yeah. So basically, most of the states didn't actually go for Gonski. So no, they didn't give a Gonski. Yes. <laughs> because they had to stump up money of their own and they were all like, we just don't have the budget for so, this. So was Gonski this the scheme or just the report? So Gonski was the report. Yeah. So, and then based on that report, the report basically f- concluded that we needed more money for education and the Gonski scheme was putting that money towards. Gotcha. So Gillard, yeah. it actually started, the Gonski report actually started when Gillard was education minister, not when she was prime minister. Uh, so she ordered the report as education and then as PM instituted the Gonski scheme. The only one who went for it was Barry O'Farrell. Buzz. Again. Yeah, pre- Premier's reading challenge. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he knows a thing or two about education, that <laughs> So if I said Manus Island, what comes to mind? Detention. Detention. <laughs> <Not much detention>. <laughs> <laughs> no hat, no play. <laughs> um, Nauru. More detention. More detention. Now, Howard had used these as offshore processing centres And basically anyone who tried to come to Australia by boat would be kind of sent to Nara and Manus Island. And the conditions there are pretty horrendous. Now, Rudd dismantled them for humanitarian reasons. The issue was that that we then afterwards saw an increase in seafaring migrants and that resulted in more deaths by sea. Mm. So Gillard... Basically, again, was under fire. So Rudd copped a lot of flack for the asylum seeker situation. And then Gillard came in and Gillard more or less be able to kind of fix it. Her solution was they struck a deal with the Malaysian government to exchange processed refugees for asylum seekers that had come by boat that hadn't been processed yet. So rather than using Nauru or Manus Island, you swap with Malaysia. Okay. Right. The so high court struck it down. Hmm. Yeah. So the high court was like, no, nah, um, the processing of migrants has to be done by the Australian government, not by another government. And so they struck it down, which meant Julie Gillard was in a bit of a pickle because she'd promised to fix the whole asylum seek situation and the Malaysia deal fell through. She then reopened Nauru and Manus Island. Mm. PR disaster. Yeah. What does that say after all? Yeah. You just don't care. You know, you're, you're just like them. On what that, And that's on one side. So one side is like, yep, yeah, you've got no heart. And then on the other side, it says that John Howard was right after all. Mm. And so she's wedged. Labor will come. And you don't need to remind that, of, you remind people of that. Yes. Know, in that, in that era. <laughs> <laughs> and so... Yeah, Gillard had completely wedged herself on the issue of asylum seekers. And so the issues started to ramp up overseas as well. Who in her government primarily dealt with other countries? Kevin. Kevin. And of course, Kevin was his own boss. He was not going to listen to Julia on on foreign affairs issues. He was going to run his own race. And, you know, on paper, he's the perfect candidate for foreign affairs minister. He's He was a diplomat. He knows the international order very well but he kept going rogue so one incident so there was one where he basically 
the Gillard overruled him on blocking shipping of uranium to India because they didn't sign the nuclear non-proliferation treaty. The interesting, other interesting one was to do with Colonel Gaddafi. Oh, the boy. (laughs) (laughs) Rudd proposed a no-fly zone very early in the game. BTN might have even referenced this. I'm sure it was in my my think piece. (laughs) (laughs) Now, though Obama and Gillard would go on to support the toppling of Gaddafi, early on, they weren't after, at least publicly, they weren't after regime change. So so when Rudd calls a no-fly zone, that's basically the military intervening in Libya to secure the blocking or safe passage of whatever planes they want. Hmm. So Rudd calls for that. Gillard and Obama don't. And Gillard overrules Kevin Rudd again and says, no, that's a bad idea. Obviously, Rudd is quite miffed Hmm. at every point he's trying to do something. Well, not every point, but a lot of points he's trying to do something. Gillard completely stops him. The beginning of 2012... Rudd, how I love this, is so bore. He gives an announcement saying he is resigning. He's in Washington at the time, that he's resigning as foreign affairs minister. He's getting on a plane to Canberra. And when he gets back in Canberra, he's going to challenge Gillard for the leadership. good. And then he's like, goes offline for. (laughs) It's like, it's like a. Like a, a girl in a hospital when she posts a photo of her in a hospital bed and says, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Send the rumor mill into overdrive with that one. So he jumps on the plane, comes back, and he falls he falls short. He doesn't have the numbers to take down oh, Um Interestingly, Albanese gave a press conference where he cried and he was like, I just can't believe what the Labor Party has become. I'll be voting for Kevin Rudd. I know Kevin Rudd won't win, but I reject the kind of leadership chaos and I rejected it at the start. Rudd was our leader. We should never have knifed him. I don't like the chaos right now. I just want us to kind of get on with the job. Okay. Like he's, and yeah, he's hemming it up for the public a bit. Like my my heart weeps (laughs) for the soul of the Labour Party. Where is the love? (laughs) (laughs) And he votes for Kevin Rudd, even though he knows Kevin Rudd's not going to win. Kevin Rudd basically leaves. He says, I will not re-challenge for the leadership unless you really want me. (laughs) And he plays hard to get. (laughs) So if you guys need me, yeah, I might be available for call up, Mm. but you've got to really want me. Mm. Again, sorry to kind of, kind of further the analogy even further. Kind of like Ben Stokes for the World Cup. No, 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 no. I'm not available. I'm not available. I'm not available. Oh, oh, a World Cup in India. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Okay, okay. I'll play. I'll retire. I'll play. (laughs) So, fast forward to 2013. Labor used to have a leader. This is, this is the guy before Mark Latham. His name was Simon Crean. So, Simon Crean, basically, he does this, has a meeting with Kevin Rudd, and Simon Crean was a huge Gillard supporter. Crean basically said, we are going to get pumped at the election. We need to go back to you. It was a mistake to dump you. And he goes to Rudd and he says, let's get you back in. You as the leader, me as the deputy. And that's all we know about the conversation. Simon Crane goes to the press and basically says, I, today I'm announcing a leadership challenge against Julia Gillard. I will nominate myself as deputy leader. Kevin Rudd will be the, the, the leader and we will challenge Julia Gillard for the leadership. Sure, sad, uh, RIP, he actually passed away a couple of months ago. Um, Simon Crane, he's, pre- he's a pretty highly revered figure of the Labor Party because... 
he was in he, one of the in like between Beasley, Latham, and Sun Crane. He was in that era of Labor leaders that challenged Howard but couldn't get over the line. Mm-hmm. But Simon Crane gives that press conference. Kevin Rudd goes to the press conference. <laughs> he goes. I don't know what this guy's talking about. I'm not challenging the leadership. <laughs> I mean, like, and Simon Crane's like, what the heck? So clearly s- s- miscommunication in yeah. that conversation. Um, again, this is what happens when you speak in prose because they're so scared to be explicit for fear of being quoted or hot mic or something like that. Mm. They often speak in quite roundabout ways. Mm. Like, I may consider a challenge for the leadership mm. if the conditions are correct. Yeah. And Simon Crane's like, okay, conditions are correct. <laughs> it's just completely misread <laughs> the wicket there. So Kevin Rudd goes, nah, guys, we're good. And so Gillard comes out and she says, clearly this leadership chaos has to stop. It is derailing the party. The Labor Party has clearly spoken today that, again, no one voted for Simon Crane, that I am the leader of the party and that will be that. Fast forward even further. Mm-hmm. Reports come out, internal polling this is, that Labor is on track to firstly lose the migrant vote, which is huge for Labor's base. Yeah. And secondly, that they're going to have as few as 40 seats in the 2013 election. Oh. They had 72 the one before, and in 2007, they had a complete whitewash against John Howard. Yeah, it's not gone well. Yeah, they lose 32 seats. That's nearly half of the seats they're going to lose. And what that means is that's 32 people in the Labor Party that are out of a job. If you're one of those 32 people likely to lose your seat, you've got four months to save your job. What do you do? Kevin. Yeah. Reach out to the Messiah. Because <laughs> again, this us. guy won. Like he, though Australia, though he's widely disliked within his own party and he's, yeah, because of his like temper and he's generally seen as a poor people's person mm. in a kind of work, though he's got charisma, he's poor at actually managing behind the scenes okay. that's the perception yeah the public love kevin yeah and they know that if they put kevin forward they might be able to save some seats okay and so simon crane flips penny wong flips bill shorten who engineered the 2010 coup mm. flips as well hmm. and again kevin rudd speaks about this in the killing season kevin rudd goes to bill shorten he's like why are you why are you coming back to me what do you want and bill shorten doesn't actually demand anything. And Bill Shorten says, what do you want from me to Kevin Rudd? And Kevin Rudd says, new rules that make a leadership feel harder to do. Of course, once I get in. Not now. (laughs) And so in June, Julie Gillard went to the press and announced that she had lost the leadership to Kevin Rudd. This was Kevin's taking this role, knowing like pretty well likely he's not going to win. Oh, totally. He absolutely won't. No, yeah, 100%. His job is to save as many seats as possible. Yeah. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's a salvage operation. Mm-hmm. It was on a Wednesday night in winter. Do you know what happens on three Wednesdays in winter? State of origin. State of origin. Gus Gould's speech got interrupted. Very no good. way. So Gus is, I, I know, yeah, you might've been too young to me. I remember this. I was in year 10 at the time. Yeah. I remember this distinctly. So... Gus Gould gives the speech. I don't know if his speech was the thing that was interrupted. But so they, was it in, game one? Was it the Gus Gould monologue? Game two, I think. Oh, okay, so slightly less so, yeah. Gus Gould speech. But, but they, still. In, they interrupt, like, yeah, the pregame show, yeah. which is the best part of State of Origin. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, Kevin Rudd announces that he's the leader. And then to kind of make it an even better night for Queensland, Queensland go on and win. So they win the prime, 
Brisbane, a Brisbane guy gets to be prime minister and beats a Victorian and they also win state of origin that night as well. Mm. I mean, what a night for Kevin Rudd. Yeah. And so he's left with a salvage operation of can he convert those 40 seats into 55 or something like that. If he can say 15 of those seats, that's job done for Kevin Rudd. There's no way he'll beat Tony Abbott. That much is clear. Mm-hmm. But he's got a salvage operation. I want to talk about what happens in the 2013 election when we do the Tony Abbott episode. Because okay. that's actually pretty interesting in its own right. So you're not going to tell us how well Kevin does? <laughs> no. Oh. Because, right. yeah, he's gonna, I just have to leave you in suspense yet again. What mm. number? Will it be 56? Will it be 52 seats? Wow. Like really political thriller here. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm hooked. And so that's Kevin v. Julia. What a yeah. roller coaster! Oh, the saga. Mm. I remember, uh, like, the killing season. The, mm. Yes, if you will. <laughs> I remember when I was uh, like um, a teenager. Um, I, didn't, I didn't know much about politics. I felt insecure that I didn't know much, so I just tried okay. to like flex my muscle with my dad. Yep. And I will come downstairs. I'm like, it's pretty good that Kevin Rudd's back, right? Mm. He's like, what crud? I'm like, oh no, 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 he's a dud. He's a dud. Backpedaled completely. <laughs> so we are. Um, that is the story of Kevin versus Julia. Wow. I think it needs to be truly settled on the handball courts. You reckon? Well, yeah. Any Kevin leadership seals should just be on the handball court <laughs> from here on. That's fair. No, I'd be up for that. Yeah, I'd watch that. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> um, if you don't know who Laurie Oakes is, <laughs> well, uh, put a photo on him just for the Patreon zone. <laughs> yeah, good. 